Look at 2 Corinthians 10, New Testament principle here. We'll see in a minute. Verse 3, for we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but in mighty for God, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So another part of the, the development of a life of faith that overcomes is you must become a student of what the word of God says about a subject. Because that is the knowledge of God. And you put it before you and you go, this is now how I will live. This is the standard of this place in my life. I remember, uh, let me finish this. Bring every, thought bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Sometimes I'm on a plane or something and I've heard, you know, you hear these, you know, it's not the right voice telling you bad things. I said, I choose not to believe that. So one lady looked at me one time. I said, I'm working on something. And here's the other thing. Words. Jesus told us his words are spirit and life. So are words of destruction. So you don't walk in the flesh, but you ever, yeah, just give you one example. You ever leave a conversation like, why do I feel slimed on? Because words carry spirits. And so you allow access to that, that thing, will, that creepy guy, I remember, to, you know, sometimes I'll be sitting in my office in the afternoon, just working away and go, why do I feel? And the Lord will go, oh, two hours ago, you let this little thought, you just let it sit there. You didn't do anything with it. So now that little thing. And, and let me just say this. The enemy doesn't come to just take a part of your life. He comes to destroy your life. That's right. Bring every thought into the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, this is a practice. You don't start out when you begin to walk things out. Just, you know, you, sometimes it's just every few minutes. <laughs> you know, start this thing out. You, you know, I know what the word of God says. You quote the word of God. And like three minutes later, that fear tries to come back. <laughs> I know what the word of God says. But here's the thing, the, the, when, once you start tracking with that thing, you're like, well, that just, you know, that just feels strange. Well, you're living dysfunctionally. He's trying to you know, deliver you. Yeah. And then so you, sometimes you got to do it every five minutes. Take it five minutes a day, 10 minutes at a time. If you miss a turn, just Lord, I forgive, forgive me for letting that thought come in. But you, you have to become vigilant in the things that you allow. You have to become vigilant in the things that you allow access into your heart. Because your heart, listen, listen to me, Linda. Your heart was not meant to have two different appetites. And you have to learn how to develop the inside of you. There's mountain moving faith on the inside of you. But it will be up to you if you fully develop it in the intention that God wants you to do it. I don't know if you realize this, but I have the body of a bodybuilder. I do. Why is that funny, Samuel? It's actually true. I have biceps. I have triceps. I got legs. What's the difference between a professional bodybuilder and I, Jenny? The difference is he has spent time developing 
and being intentional in training those muscles. There's no difference between the faith that Oral Roberts got, Kenneth Copeland got, Randy Clark got. They've just now chosen to develop them in a certain way where we now benefit from that breakthrough. Verse 17, then Jesse said to his son, take now for your brothers an ephah of dried grain and 10 loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these 10 cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news to them. Now Saul and they all, the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David arose early in the morning. Now notice this, that uh, you'll always, you, you will often see in especially uh, certain biblical characters, but also in people throughout church history, that they are displaying something to us, but you'll also see characteristics. First of all, he's honoring his father. He, he wasn't an immature charismatic, as we will say. He'll say, he didn't play the prophet, dad, I don't have time for this. I got a prophecy from Sam the prophet that says, let me, listen, let me, let me, let me, let me let, let you listen to the recording again. I'm going to be the next king, dad. You know, I'm going places. I don't have time for that. He's a servant. He obeys his father. In simple obedience to his father, a door to his destiny is unlocked. Because part of the life of faith and part of Grabbing the keys that bring you great breakthrough are often in things that you're not, you may not even recognize in the moment are about to unlock great things for your destiny. It's in those nudges to, hey, go do that. It's in those nudges to maybe go talk to this neighbor. It's in those nudges that, hey, it, hey, you need to go to that weekend retreat. It's in, this, it's in those nudges that you unlock huge things in your life destiny. That's also part of the life of faith. And another key part of this is it's, it, God is not going to like write it like, you know, what's the planes that write the, the, you know, like the angels, like, oh, the Lord says to do this. Often it's just these thoughts you'll have. Come on. You just, try, and just keep thinking about something. Why does this keep coming? God's trying to get your attention. Come on. Those little impressions. I always say, it's not thus safe the Lord, but I just, this keeps coming up in my heart. Keeps coming up in my mind. Lean into those impressions. That's part of the life of faith. The ability to be sensitive to the leadings of the Lord. And what begins to happen when you begin, what happens is, what happens is, Marnie, <laughs> the more you begin to track with that, the more understanding will come hey, I, I can trust him by just, uh, you know, paying for that person's groceries there. Now I can trust him with other stuff about his life. Mm -hmm. right. let, me, let me unlock certain things for them. Yeah. Amen. They want to track with me in this thing. Yes. You know, I encourage you, if you maybe drive a particular route every day, ask the Lord, Lord, do you want to take this route today? What it does, it begins to put you in the practice of just leaning into that voice. I'd be, why did you go there? I just, I don't know. I just had this sense I could go there. I remember one time I ended up in Walmart. I try, anyway, that's a different story. But uh, his number of years ago, and I'm going, why am I here? And the Lord just said, well, they got water for sale and I care about saving you money. I said, oh, 
okay. <laughs> he, wants, he wants to do life with you. But it's learning to track with him in all these areas of life. Verse 23, to pick up the story. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion. So he goes out, give, the, the next king of Israel is bringing cheese and bread to his brothers. Now, the brilliant thing about this is I've met these people in church because they're about to get mad at him. <laughs> yeah, that's a different story. He's about to help them in their deliverance and they're mad at him. Then as they talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine Goliath by name, who came up from the armies of the Philistine. He spoke according to the same words. So David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel, and it shall be that the man who kills the king will enrich with great taxes and will give him his daughter and give his, his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, what shall be done? for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Something's happening here. Something really interesting. You'll notice that all these men trained for battle have, and we could describe this as revelation David does not have. He, they know that if they can defeat Goliath, they get the king's daughter and, and taxes that are exempt. Yet what they understand does not profit them because all they can see is Goliath. They can't see the provision or the hand of the Lord. Again, their problem is not Goliath. Their problem is an inability to trust God. Many times people's problem is not their problem. It's their inability to trust God in their problem. You have to take responsibility for the mountain in your life in the context of the word of God. Sometimes charismatics are the worst because they want everything handled in the altar. I believe in the altar. I pray for people. I believe in what God does there. But sometimes people go, I have this problem. Okay, how can I pray with you? Well, we have this, this thing. Okay, what scripture are you standing on? Well, I have this problem. I understand that. What scripture are you standing on? Well, I have this problem. I understand what scripture can we stand in agreement with? Sometimes they look at a ministry time as like hocus pocus magic that God never intended it to be. The other thing about, about a ministry time, it cannot deliver you from poor choices. It can only unlock you to, with strength to go make better choices. Well, I have this issue. I got our children, you know, our sons. What scripture are you standing on? I'm not being mean. I just want to make people responsibility to see their problem through the lens of the word of God. So it doesn't profit them, but he does something very interesting there. He asked them twice. I believe he is building his faith he, and you also notice in this story, not one place in this story does he ever said, I don't know if I can do it. Now, he might have felt that way. 
And that's a perfectly natural thing because he's a little guy and, and you know, Goliath's this huge, I, every time I think of this story, I think of this roided up, you know, he's human growth hormone, like, like really big dude, you know. And David, you know, that's how it's going down. He's like 12 or 13 years old, you know. This is, this is high theater right here. It is. If you're bored reading scripture, you're not reading the Bible. He's a teenager. I don't know if you realize that. But what is he doing? He's operating in the New Testament principle that, that Paul would later give language to. Here's a cool thing about scripture. When you're reading something or a truth in scripture, it's not making it true. God's just giving you understanding of that truth. So that principle is already operating. He's just giving you understanding of how to walk in that principle. Like, this is just a good point for you. Scripture doesn't change for you. <laughs> That's a big point right there. Be like, it's not working. You're not that special. <laughs> it's just not working for me. Like, you know, you're not that special. You know, it works. It works. We don't ever want to put back on God something. Anyway, so what is he doing? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why does faith come by hearing? Why does hearing come by the word of God? Because when you hear the word of God, it's actually God himself. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Nothing in this world was created without that word. The word was God. So what are you doing? You're speaking God himself into your situation. But here's what happens when you begin. This is why meditation is so important. First time you look at that, at least me, me, not you. Depending, you, you, and you might be able to develop certain areas just kind of like physically working out. They come more naturally to you. Certain areas, you just, oh, you're just catching it. You're catching it a little quicker. Other areas, because maybe of your dysfunction, background, or culture, you're going to you're gonna have to say that thing. Over and 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 over. Because Abner translation of Romans 10, 17 is faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. I just started working on something last few weeks where I realized like I've been saying this, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not creating that inward image on the inside of me. I'm not allowing it to be painted in front of me. So what do I do? Got these vision boards, got these things. This is what we're trusting God for. So I need to see it in front of me. My house, when I walk out, Psalm 89, 34, my covenant will I keep and I'll alter the thing that comes out of my, so every time I leave my house, I got to remind myself, God can't lie to me. God doesn't need reminding. I need reminding. <laughs> so what are we doing? We're building ourselves. You're hearing it and 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 hearing it, hearing it, hearing it. In the middle, you're getting delivered. You're getting delivered of pain and trauma where you couldn't receive those things or things that, all the, you know, things, you know. And American culture emphasized that you should be humble and average. You know? And so sometimes it's difficult to fully even grasp everything that God wants to give you by faith. So what is he doing? He's operating just like God. God declares the end from the beginning and he begins to declare from his belief system that Goliath is going to fall. He has some challenge along the way. His own brother goes, who do you think you are doing this? He's not deterred by his own brother. 
He's not deterred by his own family because he's breaking through. Two levels, God is speaking this, both individually for your life and both this as a body. They will tell you, you can't do it. You know, why are you so different? You just, you know, our church, and you know, we're done like in an hour and a half, and you know, it's long, and you've been here all weekend, and you know, it's a little crazy, and they're a little extreme, and then they take offerings, and you know, you know, I think they just want their money. Pastor Chad, you know, he's really wealthy, you know, and all, so they will tell you all these weird things, you know. Verse 30, then he turned from him and toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones. What is he doing? He asked again. Kept asking, what's going to be done? I think in his heart, he's, he, he is getting a vision of what life is going to look like when he defeats Goliath. Get a vision of what, God, what life is going to look like when you, you start overcoming certain things. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight for your youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep when a lion and a bear struck and took a lamb out of the flock. And, and I went out after and struck and delivered the lamb from its mouth when it rose against it, and I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing as he's defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, listen, he is prophesying here. He is calling things be not as though they are. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. He's prophesying. He's prophesying exactly what's going to happen. Notice what he says there. A few things that are really important. The things in your life right now, the circumstances, the challenges, the difficulties, I have news for you. God knows what they are. And God's intention for your life is never to waste a circumstance. So what does that mean? Right where you are, you can start using your faith as leverage and trusting God in every situation that you're in to see it overcome. Years ago, uh, I think my first job at first job after graduating as an undergrad, that is a graduate assistant, eight hundred fifty or thousand dollars a month after taxes, eight hundred fifty dollars. What's happening right away? God's teaching me how to live by faith, because that was not enough to pay the bills. So at twenty-two years old, here we go in the in, in you know living on my own. Boom, out of the dorm for the first time. Here you go, Abner, live by faith. You believe that tithe thing? Now, let's see if you really believe it. You believe that giving thing? Let's see if you really believe it now. It's a little easier when you live in a dorm and, you know, your scholarship's paying and you have some, you know, thousand, few dollars. Get to practice. So right in front of you right now, what, what, do, what do we learn from this story? These things are happening in hidden that God is later going to use as tools of development that he knows he can defeat Goliath. Here's the other thing is, he calls on his testimony. He remembers, God, you did this. God, you did this. God, this is what you did. God, this is what you did. This is what you did back then. And I'm remembering what the Lord has done. And I do that almost every year. God, this is what you did in 2021. And this is what you're going to do in 2020. He did it. and, And here's the other thing about walking by faith. Usually he never does it the same way. Because he always wants you to see as his, his source. 
You know, for years, I don't, I've not said this much, but uh, for, for the first number of years, the biggest giver to my ministry was an unsaved Jewish woman. She just said, I like what you do. I haven't heard from her in years, but she sustained a lot of things in the early years. An unsaved woman can help be your source. So he calls upon that testimony and he would later write of this in Psalm 119 where I have studied your testimony. You're like, why I don't have a testimony of breakthrough? He uses other language that's also key in there. He says, uncircumcised Philistine. How do we know that David was a man of the word of God? Because Deuteronomy 28 tells him, no uncircumcised foe will stand in front of you. So if you don't have a testimony, you have a word from God. Find the promise in scripture that applies to your situation. Also, watch, catch, capture the sequence in this story. This is the story. This is the life of faith in almost every area. David starts in faith. He stands in faith. And he finishes in faith. But to finish in faith, David just, just didn't speak words. He now had to engage Goliath. And how does he engage Goliath? What, who would show up at a battle with stones? <laughs> Only someone who can trust God. I mean, this is a huge giant. And you also know something else. In his stand, in starting in faith, standing in faith, finishing in faith, not one thing changes about Goliath. It's not like there's an ESPN report that goes, David, Goliath has gotten COVID. He's down for the count a little bit. He's suffering a little bit. Word is that his eyes, you know, that, that eye injury from a few battles ago is, and this is life and death. And the whole time, David keeps speaking. And right before his greatest breakthrough, what does Goliath keep talking? I'm going to kill you. Do you imagine that intimidation? Whole nation watches it. One stone. We know too that the sword that Goliath intended to kill him with, David cuts his head off. One stone. David received what he believed and it was part of his destiny. To walk out destiny, both as a corporate people and individual, you're going to have to be bold, you're going to have to be strong, and you're going to have to have action that you've never done before. Final verses here. Look at the tail end of verse 51. And the Philistines saw that their champion was dead. They fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah rose and shouted and pursued the Philistines at the entrance of the gate, the valleys of Ekrim. And the wounded Philistine fell along the road to Shamar, even as far as Gath and Ephraim. Part of the reason it's important to overcome is you have to realize that all these guys who were in fear moments before that, now David's victory became their victory. Your victories are not just about establishing certain things in your individual life. They're about establishing things for your family. They're about establishing things for uh, people around you. They're about establishing and releasing breakthrough into certain things. The world misses out when you fail to overcome. Other people miss the blessing of what your breakthrough could be unless you overcome. 
The children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and they plundered the tents and David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem and he put his armor in his tent. He's a teenage boy who demonstrates us, demonstrates to us world overcoming faith. A life of faith it's one of the greatest experiences you can ever walk in. But it takes persistence. It takes discipline. It takes standing when it looks like everything's going to turn in the wrong way. It takes encouraging yourself in the Lord. It takes getting around other people. It takes action that you've never done before. But it's all worth it. Don't let the enemy... Steal the word of God from you. Keep stretching your faith in the things that God has asked you to do. Keep stretching your faith to do what you've never done before. Do you receive this word this morning? If you receive this word, just stand on your feet if you would. In a, in a moment, I'm, I want to pray for you here, but um, I'm going to have Pastor Chad just come up here in a minute to receive the offering, but um, I want to pray for you here now. If you would just lift your hands. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless your people with the God kind of faith. I bless your people with a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit to trust you, to trust you, to trust you in every area. I bless them, Lord, to hear your word. I bless them to do your word. I bless them to step in places they've never stepped before. Father, I ask one year from now, that they would say, we have broken into things that we never thought we would do in the name of Jesus. Amen. I bless you like Peter to walk on the water. I bless you with the courage to walk in places that are impossible. I bless you to be strengthened in the power of his might. I bless you to discern trauma that needs healing. And I bless you with the boldness to shift your mind when you see those things. May you be strengthened in the power of his might today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name.